Oh, snap. That's what Wall Street traders were saying once they heard about Snap's earnings release, which sent the stocks tumbling 38% and sent the rest of the NASDAQ down 2% on the day. Hi, everyone, and welcome to BHS Live. I'm your co-host, Todd Schoenberger in New York, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Tobin Smith, out in Scottsdale, Arizona. And, Toby, we still had an up day for all, or all, up week, I'm sorry, for all three of the larger, broader averages. But boy, oh boy, what a rough day in the tech sector. What say you? Well, I mean, there's a, a couple of things. I mean, let, let me start on the positive side, okay, since I've been Mr. Ben negative. Um, technically, this week, uh, we had the, this formation that doesn't happen very often. It's called the double thrust. Now, don't get excited at home, okay? This is a, a technical stock <laughs> deal uh, where about 85% of stocks were up and only 15% were down. Now, you know, it's a little arcane, but uh, it's happened twice this week. And historically, that, uh, I mean, you know, the stock market has been up 22% after you have something like that in the middle of a bear market. That's the good news. The bad news is, is nothing historically counts any longer. I mean, you know, True. you get all sorts of things going on. Um, but the main problem we have, Todd, is just simply that good economic news is bad news for the stock market because good economic news means the Fed needs to do more tightening. So we are in a conundrum of a conundrum. Um, and number one, and then number two, you know, as we learned this week, uh, the analysts are way behind what the earnings are really going to be here, not only in the second quarter, but in the third third quarter, the, the forecast, and we saw that with uh, you know tech stocks like crazy. But uh, you know, I'm just I'm just looking here on my uh, notes here. You know, it wasn't yeah. just Snap. I mean, it wasn't just Snap. It was we had Micron, you know, giving bad guidance on semiconductors. We had Western Digital. Right. We had Seagate. These are all the people who make the core basic stuff that goes into your iPhone and your iPad yeah. and everything else. If, if, they're, if they're guiding down, that means that Apple's guiding down. That means that, yeah. you know, Lenovo's guiding down, the, you know, the big players, HP, et cetera. So yeah. that does not bode well. Yeah. And then just in general, um, yeah, we had an up week, um, but that's what happens, <laughs> as you know, Todd, in late July, certainly August into September, is that one big order, you know, a couple of big orders can come in and you know, the the, the uh, computer traders, the black boxes all go up, ding, 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 ding. Um, and right. then we get bad news and now go ding, 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 right. ding, down. And, and yeah. so it's the lack of liquidity. I mean, people need to at home yeah. that we, we have about only 30% of the cash money sitting ready to do something available now because so many people are on cash and are done with it. And the other side, you know, are taking vacations, you know, they call the Hamptons for a reason, right? Because everybody's going camping yeah. to the Hamptons in their beach house, and I, that's what it looked like to me this week. I, I don't know about you. Yeah. Well. 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 Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, there's a couple of things here. I mean, we could talk about uh, Twitter as a tech company released earnings on Friday. Earnings disappointed, but the stock was up a little bit only because they blamed the Elon Musk uh, situation, and that's what they're yeah. they had to have some type of an excuse. But realistically, though, I mean, the, okay. I think the thing about this, Toby, is that we've been doing this show for, what, three months now. 
and we are we we have been talking about this with the for the viewers we've been saying look you know beware buyer beware going forward things aren't looking that great recession etc cetera, etc cetera. and here we are again and we're still trying to find something positive i don't know i'm trying to think what do we tell the viewers that's going to be something positive for them especially going into the weekend yeah well i mean all right first off in a bear market cash is a strategy uh, and uh, I think people, you know, people have an ADHD sometimes. Ah, oh, geez, I got to do something. I got to do something. You know, sitting on your hands is a strategy, as we used to say on the trading desk back in the day. Um, and yeah. uh, so that's number one. Number two is uh, in a bear market. Remember, this bear market is sort of unlike anything ever before because there was never a pandemic before and then a bear market. The last time we had a pandemic, was the 20s and we had a roaring 20s for you know nine years stock right. market going crazy so this is sui generi right this is all new turf and to right. use historical context to try to say you know blah 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 there is no historical context but yeah one, and, you're, and you're right about that yeah i mean but the one big issue todd really is that in a bear market there's only a few rules that we follow and one is is that uh a bear market rally. In other words, everybody's betting against stocks. So if some good news comes out, we get this short covering roll up, a uh, melt up thing. We we sell those. Um, we sold those for our yeah. natural gas stuff in June. The things we had things going from a dollar to three dollars or five dollars to twenty dollars yeah. in three weeks. That's not natural, folks. That's not how the stock market yeah. works. So so yeah. we're sitting at ninety three percent cash. We're up sixty seven percent for the year all in. Uh, that's actually not including dividends. And um, we, we're sitting on our hands. There's no reason to rush. We've already beaten the market by, you know, 80, 90%. And if yeah. you're at home and you're sitting with, you know, your QQQ or your NASDAQ, et cetera, all, you know, down 20 or 30%, um, the, the opportunity is if we get another one of these rallies, and, and they're called bear market rallies for a reason, because something lights a fire and everybody's betting stocks short, right, they have right. to buy those stocks back, otherwise they lose money. So it creates this you know, right. virtuous circle. But in, until well, well, Brian, bear market rally yeah. works, I'm selling them. Well, bravo. Bravo on the, on the great picks, obviously, for your investors. That's fantastic. I'm sure they're very pleased with you right now. Now, listen, I heard yeah. the bell about a minute and a half ago. So let's, let's start twisting this a little bit around. Here, we, we kind of touched on the recession bug. And here we have yeah. to th suspect that we are in a current recession, even though it hasn't been defined as one or designated as one, whatever you want to call it. But it is, it feels like a recession. It smells like a recession. And now I look at that jobs numbers. And now I'm starting to think, oh, yeah, yeah, it's not looking good. We got big uh, big warnings coming out some from some big companies. Ford actually yeah. announced that they're going to lay off 8,000. Apple uh, said that they're going to put on a hiring freeze right now. Jobless claims are up, uh, what, to over 250,000. Uh, first time we've seen that number in many months right now. So, Toby, what are you telling your clients when they ask you, are we in a recession? Well, I, I look, at, we have an index, macro index that we've had for 15 years. It's called every bear market, including 2020 and then and, and 2022. And, and the reason why it works is, is because we look at forward indicators, not lagging indicators. And lagging indicators are like the unemployment numbers. Um, those are lagging numbers. They don't tell you what's happening in the future. It's the stuff that's happening in the future that we use in the Atlanta Fed uses on their index 
the Atlanta Fed index shows that we've had two quarters of negative growth. Remember the people who call the, the recession, by the time they call it, in almost every recession time, the recession's already over. I mean, I, yeah. I love it when the Bureau uh, of Labor Statistics comes out and they get the 20 knuckleheads in the room and they all decide that we, we have a recession. That <laughs> is the time to buy. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Flawless. Right. So I know the no leading doubt. indicators, not the lagging indicators. And my you know, advice to people right still is, is, hey, cash is a strategy. Uh, just like in uh, April 2020, we, we were in 100 percent cash. And all of a sudden, guess stuff that sold for twenty five dollars and selling for five bucks. Be patient. Bingo. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, that's great stuff, Toby. Listen, thank you, everyone, for joining us on BHS Live today. We are actually going to be coming to you daily starting next week. We can't wait, and I know that you can't wait either. Coming up next, after the break, we're going to be talking about travel and leisure stocks. We're also going to be talking about the cruise line industry. They actually got a big gift from the CDC. Please stick with us. On any given day in Washington, policy proposals are created, debated, and decimated by tens of thousands of people and organizations working behind the scenes. On 80 Proof Politics, a guest and I will visit a D.C. watering hole and distill the art of advocacy by pulling back the curtain a bit and taking a look at how they play their part in the sausage factory we call our federal government. So if you're at all interested in how the sausage is made, pull up a chair, grab a drink, and join us. After all, what goes better with sausage than a tall, cold one? Welcome back to Buy, Sell, Hold. I'm a little, just so excited to get back to the segment, Todd. Um, it's BHS Live. BHS yeah. Live. Didn't I say that? BHS Live? Okay. So here's the, <laughs> what did Ross Perot say? Here's the deal. Um, what people are really shocked at when they got the SNAP numbers shouldn't have been that shocking. Um, because in a recession, the first people who, respond to it are the consumer companies who sell people directly to consumers and they've been noticing shockingly those consumers are buying less stuff 
And, and because of that, they've cut back on the advertising that's not only on Snap, but it's on Google, it's on Facebook, it's on Instagram, uh, and you know, of course, TikTok. And the issue is, is that the bread and butter, the thing that made Zuckerberg worth a trillion dollars is that they use this model and it's called direct response model, meaning that it's pay-per-click. And they run this ad and they look at your all your information they have. They feed you ads that look and sound like stuff you've bought or talked about, et cetera, because that's you know what sur the surveillance economy is all about. Um, and you click on it. When you click on it, uh, even if you don't buy something, they get paid. It's called pay-per-click for a reason. And what's happening is, and that's the canary in the coal mine, Todd, because if pay-per-click is going down, that means that consumers buying stuff that they really don't need is going down and they're spending money yeah. on stuff they actually have to have. Uh, and so that covers the whole gamut. Look at Apple does 24 billion in uh, pay-per-click advertising. Uh, you know, or well, I, mean, I mean, excuse me, uh, Google, obviously, you know, somewhere in $800 billion. So at the yeah. margin, right, there can be less clicking. Uh, if they're clicking and they're clicking on TikTok, that doesn't do anybody any good anyway. It only does uh, good for TikTok, and right. that 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 extrapolates everything else. Because look at I, you know, I have investment newsletters we use um, that we sell, you know, and, and we use pay per click stuff. Uh, the pay per click yeah. goes down when you go in a, a bear market, uh, Todd. I don't know if you're aware of that, uh, and uh, we have less pay, we, we have less clicks, less you know sales. Uh, you know, it's all yeah. part of the same cycle. Good point. Good point. Well, here's the thing. I mean, the tech sector is, I still believe it's in its infant stages. I mean, the fact that we still have technology issues today in 2022 uh, leads me to believe that this is a sector that you definitely want to be a part of, but it is in that growth mode and it still will be. The thing that bothers me is when I look at a company like a Snap, it seems to be targeting just, I don't know. I don't know many adults that are on Snap and I, I'm personally not. Um, I know my kids are, but I started yeah, looking at it on it, I'm as sure. really, I, yeah, but here's the thing though, from an ad revenue standpoint, I mean, what kind of ads are you actually targeting to them? They're not the ones with the money, the parents are with the money. So when I start thinking about these little isolated, um, uh, companies inside the tech sector, I do believe there's great risk there, but overall the entire sector, when you look at the behemoths, the Microsoft's out there, um, meta, you know, formerly Facebook, Apple despite the sell-offs that these companies might have in the short term, they're still excellent long-term buys. And only because our world continues to evolve more into that technology space and you'd be a fool not to really think that, okay, I want to buy into this. Companies like that are not gonna be broken up. They're not gonna go away. They're not gonna declare bankruptcy. Whereas a company like Snap, that really seems to just have one isolated app. That's it, that's all they have. I don't see them being as a big growth company at least not in my world. Yeah, well, I mean, first off, um, in a portfolio of stocks and you know bonds and high yield stuff, uh, people have to decide how long they are you know they want this money to grow. If they're people who are who are my age, you know, I got another ten years to go, uh, and I'm not interested. I already got enough. I, I'm interested in not you know losing it, right? So one of the things right. that I do at that stage is I'm I'm sixty percent in in high dividend stocks, companies, uh, master limited partnership, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, now the uh, natural gas exploration companies that pay 40 or 50% of their dividends. We were heavily into uh, the shippers that were paying us ridiculous 
uh, dividends, but we sold them because they just, again, they went ballistic. You know, a shipping company shouldn't go from $6 to $40 in three months. Right. I mean, you know? So um, my, yeah. my, whole point, yeah, my whole point here is, yeah, technology, but at what price? Growth at a reasonable price is back because we don't have the free money from the Fed anymore. When you have free money, growth at whatever value, who cares? But, you know, right, this, this, right. this is a new era. Right. Well, then let's switch topics on that, but we're going yeah. to stick with the same theme. Next week, you have two critical earnings reports. You have Apple and Microsoft that are coming out, and um, and that could move the market. Obviously, it will move the market. Apple always yeah. moves, the, moves the needle for, for what, we, um, what Wall Street traders are looking for. But yeah. here's the thing. The tech sector as a whole is taking a hit. I mean, right now you have 21% of S&P 500 companies that have reported so, uh, only 70% have actually uh, beat Wall Street guidance. That's well below the uh, the sector or the industry average of what we look for on Wall Street. So so we can only suspect that Microsoft and Apple are going to give us probably weaker forward guidance. I seriously doubt you're going to hear about um, big, robust uh, sales numbers coming out of yeah. Apple talking about a thousand hour plus iPhone or that new fancy watch they have for athletes. So, but with that, that, I see that as a terrific buying opportunity. If I'm a listener to this to this podcast right now, I'm thinking, you know what? I see a, a sell-off here. The tech sector looks strong. It's just as important as oil is to humans. Let's start maybe nibbling at that area a little bit and start maybe uh, maybe resetting some of that capital or that cash yeah. that we have on the I sidelines mean, into that sector. Yeah, right. Now you have the mega cap that are the monsters and you know they have the magic network effect, meaning that they have so many people connected to their system the more people yeah. you know connected to your system, the more valuable, right? So then, but that is, what would you, what are you going to pay for that? And um, as they say, multiples didn't mean anything for freaking ten years. I mean, we had the SPAC stocks with you know five million dollars to sell at a at a market cap of five hundred million dollars. I mean, you know, all that craziness because you know this the craziness has gone in cycles, and we we crushed the SPACs, we crushed the silly IPOs. Uh, we crushed, you know, the biotech companies uh, that are going to take six years to do anything, blah, blah, blah. That has already happened. So now we're in the cleanup yeah. zone. And in the cleanup zone, you still have to, you know, at least my perspective is, why, um, if I'm going to build a position in Apple, and I don't have one before, which is hard to believe, because if they own an S&P 500 index, <laughs> the five, five stocks. Yeah, they're in, they're in. Uh, are yeah. 53% of the entire index. So you're already yeah. in it, right? Right with yeah. your butt. Yeah. But, but I think there's enough risk now uh, because the analysts have not taken down numbers. Remember, the analysts have, have stayed at these very high levels. They have not taken stuff down. Oh, I know. Uh, unless they blew up. Well, gosh, They're analysts, thank you to. so much for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm on the payroll. Know, they don't want to say anything. Listen, right, but if you don't, don't the, even get me started with the Wall Street analysts. They're all going to predict uh, that are going to be but, higher there. But, okay, we'll get into that another time. You sound like angry, Todd. Don't be angry, Todd. Uh, but if you look at the <laughs> components that go into Apple phones, et cetera, you know, Micron misses memory. Every memory's a basic thing. Seagate misses, you know, solid state memory. Everybody has when the when the chip companies, which have, by, by the way, have been horrible stocks. We've been at them for a long time. We made a ridiculous amount of money with them, you know, up until 2020. But when you're at this point where the, the actual chip makers are having orders uh, canceled. Uh, they have too much inventory. Yeah. They're cutting prices. 
That does not make me want to jump out and buy Apple, who's the largest buyer of semiconductors. And if, yeah. if, if they can't sell them semiconductors, and the biggest semiconductor user is Apple, I don't want to be. I don't want to be there right now. No, I got you. I got you. All right. Well, that's the music, and that's our cue to step away. But uh, we're coming up after the break. If you want to get away, you want to take a trip, vacation, or you maybe you just want to dabble into some travel and leisure stocks. Definitely stay with us for this next segment or this for this commercial break because you're going to love what we have to say, especially when we start talking about the cruise line. Thank you for being with us. We'll see you in a bit. The cruise line. What are you talking about? A news story gets shared by a friend on social media or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read. All right, welcome back to BHS Live. I'm Todd Schoenberger. I'm joined by my friend and co-host Tobin Smith out in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. And Toby, you are in in an area where I would think it's a lot of tourists, not just during the summertime, but probably all year long, but mainly because of the weather and people want to escape the cold in the winter. But, but right now, travel and leisure stocks are actually the ones you would think would be doing much better than they are. They are getting slammed. What's the story? Now, there was a report that came out that talked about business travelers are starting to come back into play, where the Zoom is probably going to be something of the past. We're probably going forward where we are going to be doing more face-to-face, more conferences, more events, which is great for travel and leisure companies. But I got to tell you, Dow Jones Travel and Leisure Index is getting killed right now. What say you? Yeah, well... I mean, you know, you're alluding to the fact that the CDC says you don't have to wear a mask, uh, you know, on your carnival cruise, number one. Number right. two, if you know people who are cruisers, it is a cult, man. You know, there's people who they just love cruising more than anything else. But uh, the, the 
three things that are killing them is, is, is number one, they can't get their normal ticket prices. The tickets for, you know, let's say your average uh, decent cabin, five days, you're cruising around the Bahamas or wherever. Those prices are down like 50%. They're not getting full rates at all. And of course, all yeah. their costs are up. Their gas and, you know, diesel gas is up through the roof, the labor costs through the roof. So they're booking sales, man, but they're they're not making any, you know much money doing it. And they all borrowed a ton of money. I mean, billions and billions of dollars to just to survive. And what's happening now is, you know, people like to get their money paid back. They buy yeah, they, well, they, you they, know, they high interest rates well, too. Yeah. I mean, they were, you know, they were like, beggar, please, please give us some more money. So <laughs> they got like the triple whammy hitting them. They're like profitless yeah. prosperity. We're selling a hell of a lot of tickets, but after we pay the rent on our interest, we're making another. Well, I tell you, I, I like my philosophy in investing is I really like to look at an overall index. So okay. I know that it's great to look at individual securities, but managing risk, in my opinion, is just as important as managing a portfolio. So and I, I think actually the former is much more important. So because of that, I do look at that specific sector index and then I start thinking, OK, how can I take advantage of a sector if it's going to do well? In the case of the Dow Jones Travel and Leisure Index, there's only two components, two stocks that actually are up this year. Everything is down. And I mean, not just yeah. down by a couple of percentage points. I mean, down 60, double digits. 70, 80%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you and I get it. I mean, you you know, it's one thing when you look at the, the names that are out there, you know, the Southwest Airlines, the Marriott's, the Hyatt's. But you have to suspect that because we are in the summer, people are traveling. That's all we keep hearing about on the news. Maybe they're all sleeping in their cars and they're driving there because I do not <laughs> see where these numbers are going to start improving. Because guess what? In six weeks, kids are back in school. Travel. This is when you want oh, to yeah. start. You know, that's when you'll start selling. And I have to wonder, this is not going to bode well for the future of the travel leisure index, despite what the CDC said this week. Yeah, I, I mean, um, look, at it, it's always, you know, your horizon, right? Uh, if Our horizon is we, you know, hold stocks, some we've held for many years, but we're a one to two year hold. We're in the business of, of helping people not lose money. Um, and so we're an active manager. We're not a passive manager. Um, and, and yeah, I'm sure I'm going to get some angry letters that, uh, geez, we returned 68% this year. And, if, and for some of these, those will be taxable events. They're not in, you know, non-taxable accounts. But yeah. look at <laughs> the idea here is first is to do no harm. Um, and yeah. if, 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 for instance, if you loved Royal, you know, uh, RCL, the, the ticker for Royal, and, and you loved shipping, I mean, and you went out and you bought it, you know, nine months ago because you thought it was coming back, you're down 75, 80%. Um, and yeah. they have a long way to go, or at least they're bottoming now. And that's, yeah. that's going to take a while. But don't forget about the yeah. debt because that doesn't go away. No, you're right about that. And let's stay with this topic, too, because I do think this is important. I mean, you start looking at, at I when you look at hotels, and this is what listeners of this podcast want to know, yeah. you start looking at the average um, rate um, per night, yeah, and are. you start seeing, right, and, you, and that's a big thing for hotels. So right now, those numbers should have been increasing this summer. They're actually down. They're going further lower. And that's why I think a lot of the hotel chains are really getting slammed, because a hundred percent of zero is zero. If they do not rent that room out for the night, they're not getting any cash. And right. you're going to start seeing that 
uh, being impactful for these companies. Now, now the travel and leisure index, most of those companies do start. Now, we did have a couple of airlines that reported this week, United and American, yeah. which were awful. But going forward, and actually not next week, but the week after that, we should start seeing some numbers from the hotel chains. And I think when we start seeing those figures, if the, it's one thing to look backwards, but if the guidance is not going to be steady, oh my, I think you're going to have another big sell-off yeah. in this sector, and that's not going to bode yeah. well for investors. Well, down, down the street, we have Choice Hotels headquartered and the CEO, I've got to okay. know pretty well. And he always brings up the point that, that remember, Marriott hardly owns any properties whatsoever. They are an asset light business. They what they do is they run the reservation system, they run the marketing system. Yeah. So if anybody should be making money here, it's Marriott because they right. just get paid. They get paid a management fee and they get it paid a booking fee. And if they manage the property, they get a management. Fee. But they, you know, they're not living on the on the what's being sold every day. Because as you say, the thing about the hotel businesses is, is if you didn't sell it today, you'll never get that money again. Um, but, yeah. but what he's telling me is that people don't understand that in their hotel choice, and they have the full spectrum, you know, from Motel 6 up to, you know, high-end stuff, that those are owned by franchisees. Those are individual entrepreneurs for the, for the most part. And the individual entrepreneur in, these, in this case, if they had a lot of debt on the, on the properties that they own, they're struggling right now. And, and so he thinks you're, we're going to see, uh, you know, foreclosures, bankruptcies, we're going to see a whole cleaning out of the system. And which means the big guys are going to do better. But the smaller chains are, are just, you know, going to, some are going to go away because they, they yeah, you're right. Can. They could borrow PPP loans yeah. and so pay people, et cetera. And that kept them alive. Um, yeah. But then, you know, the final thing is, is that, hey, it's, uh, 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 <laughs> We have 60% uh, of the American uh, households uh, live on $65,000 gross a year. And after you take taxes out and everything else, uh, it's a fallacy when people say that people, uh, Americans are just sitting home with tens of thousands of cash in their checking account. That's yeah. not, that's from the top 10%. That's us. Yeah. That bottom 60%, yeah. that gas bill killed them. The utility bill killed yeah. them. Uh, and so yep. they're just not traveling and especially even at four dollar gas when gas used to be two dollars you just say hey let's stay home we'll run a movie and and maybe you know go camp outside but at the incremental yeah. the marginal buyer is pound and so they're they're yeah. gonna have a rough time going into, into the winter yeah you're right about that and, and you look at some of these marriott sounds 22 percent year to date hyatt sounds 16 percent you're right people are just not going to be able to afford that hotel room or that excursion so Chances are, staycation is going to be back, um, back to be uh, the new normal, I guess, or the regular normal. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, listen. Thanks again, everybody, joining us for BHS Live today. This is Friday. We're headed into the weekend. Uh, we have one more block for you, so please stick with us. We're going to talk about the current market situation, what investors should expect going into next week. Plus, we got a huge week of earnings reports. Huge. Yeah, okay, but we're also going to tell them what to buy, sell, and hold. We gotta give them the buy so hold. And also, isn't there a Federal Reserve thing coming up? I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about that though. Coming up after the break. Please stick with us. All right.
The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast. Welcome back to BHS Live. Today is Friday. We're heading into the weekend. This is our final block for you. We want to thank everybody for listening with us uh, to us on this on the podcast uh, through Evergreen Podcast Network. We cannot uh, thank them enough for the collaboration. It's fantastic, and I um, mean everything that's moving forward. Obviously, on the video side, we have so many big surprises coming up for you. Uh, kind cool. of really, uh, with Buy Hold Sell, it's going to be so much, and with Power Hour, our new political show got a lot going on so uh there's just uh we, we're just really happy and thankful for you to be sticking with us but with that said here we are friday going into the weekend toby you had a market that was down today you had an s&p was down one percent nasdaq was down over two percent but get this all for the entire week broader averages were all up and that's great news because you had the nasdaq that was up actually over three percent for the week despite today's sell-off what are you telling your investors? What should they expect going into next week, the final week of July? Well, first off, people really don't need to understand that it's the last week of July and through August, or September 15th, is the worst historical time in the stock market. And the reason simply is, is that, you know, traders are on vacation, people are on vacation. Uh, they want to get, particularly after the year we've had, they want to get the hell away from the stock market as much as they can. So, you know, we... What we try to do is when we're building a portfolio, if we started with somebody today for a million bucks, um, we have sectors that we uh, find value in, and, and certainly we find value in the nat- natural gas index, right? Everything from the LNG shippers to the ENP players, et cetera. Um, that we got a, a chance. We sold them a, a while ago, like June 10th, and made huge profits. We're sitting on that cash. And the first thing I'm telling you is, is investors, is if you don't have natural gas exposure, uh, and, you know, the, the, the buy that we usually start with is Devon Energy. Uh, and we like that because, A, they Good have the company. Yeah, they have the Good lowest company. cost basis for natural gas. Number two, they pay out an adjustable yeah. dividend, which means that they're going to take 40% of their cash flow. And they're going to pay you a dividend. And that's the third thing I'd, I'd be saying is right now, this is like blocking and tackling. What I mean is 
if you started investing, Todd, in 2010, 2011, you've never seen a, a bear market. You've never seen a, a, a interest rates above a quarter percent from the Fed. You've seen yeah. the 10-year bond at rates that were insane, all right? That world is gone. And the idea that you just buy the dip reflexively, which is what paid you during that 10-year period, longest period ever in the history of the stock market, because of what's happened, you know, the pandemic has changed life. The fact that the Fed yeah. is, is, you know, taking money out of the system. Um, right, you, right. You get dividends, is what I'm trying to say. Is that it, it's, it's, and it's not dying companies like AT&T who just had horrible numbers. Out, and hey, guess what? Their dividends higher, but the stock's down 12%, okay? Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, wow, I'm really, I'm going to get rich that way quick. Uh, so, so we're looking at, uh, we just keep continue to recommend higher dividend. I mean, we have a growth portfolio, which is in cash, because that's what you do in a bear market with long term, you know, 2025, like uh, stocks, there's, there's ones we want to buy. It's, it's just not time yet. Because the, 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 this bear market ends when the Fed says, we're done. And we're not close to that yet. And we have to go through this recession period. And we have to see uh, what the recession period light here is doing to corporate America with their earnings and from the big companies. Because remember, 12 companies on the S&P 500 represent 56% of the entire value. So those are the guys, only guys that count. And, and I'm going to wait and go through and I'm not going to put money uh, yeah. at risk until I can, you know, get some guidance from these guys. And then on top right. of that, remember that with this high inflation, their sales are up, but unless they were able to keep their margins at the same, they're, they're not making the same earnings. Valid point. Valid, great valid. I mean, I love these points and, and Devin Energy, I'm a big fan of. I remember my days in Texas. I mean, it's definitely one of the, the, the when you start looking yeah. at the energy companies, you can't go wrong with them. Um, okay, that's great. I got to tell you, I'm telling everybody right now. I mean, you know, I mean, I would invest in media companies. Actually, I know, <laughs> I know we're a media company. I would definitely invest in the media companies. Uh, only Way because to go, there's so son. much that's growth. Your yeah, book. that's awesome. right, that's right. Awesome. Yeah. Well, well, there's so much growth on the in the streaming side right now, and I don't care that uh, Snap. You know, the Snap losses actually shed. Uh, showed all social networking sites losing $80 billion in potential ad value. Yeah. That's not good, but that's on the social side. So I started looking at these streaming networks and companies like Crosscheck Media, and I started looking at the valuations and started thinking, you know what? That's a place I want to be. I would tell all investors to start focusing on uh, focusing in that area. Only because if you're listening to us right now on a podcast, or you're going to be watching us through through Roku or Apple TV, or even on YouTube, that means you're streaming, and that means you're a streaming winner. So you want to stick with that. Go with the Peter Lynch approach. That's the way I would go about it. Now, listen. Next week, though, we have a hold up. We have a chock full of of uh, all kinds chock of things full. going on. Chock full, chock full. We got home. We got pending home sales. We have uh, what new home sales? Case Shiller yeah. index. The home price index is coming out. We have durable goods orders, which is actually a proxy for new homes. So now you have to start thinking with that. GDP. Oh yeah, the Fed meeting. Oh, what yeah. else can we have? You you got a full week next week. If anybody decided to take next week off for vacation, get back in the car and get back in the office, Toby. That's what I'm telling everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll I'll, I'll share that with this with you. The home building industry in the United States is about 18 to 20 percent of our GDP because of yeah. all the inputs that go into home building. 
Now, home build, building you know, numbers are down 30%. So it is literally impossible if, we're, if, if, if those are down. And then remember, sales are down significantly. Um, that that's going to impact our, our GDP. The other one, the big part is automobiles. Automobile industry in the United States is about 8% of our GDP. Take homes and cars, and that's nearly 30% of our entire friggin' GDP. The next closest thing is healthcare, right? So um, we're not in a good setup for uh, you know high growth. We're not in a good setup for earnings growth. What we're in a setup for is uh, people to come out and say, hey, we've, we're dropping our projections because we're going to have lower sales. Our costs, yeah. we have to adjust. That's why we're firing people or rescinding offers because I need to I need to get my business costs, my labor costs relative to it. I got my labor costs here because I thought my sales were going to be here. Um, and, and that's just not the case. So that's why right. it's so, such a confusing time. The, the idea on tech was, was that, well, tech has the highest gross margins um, and and is all over the world. The one problem that they have there, of course, is because the dollar is so strong. We're at the highest level against the euro. We should be all flying to to freaking Paris right now because it's it's a dollar for a euro. Last time I was there, it was a dollar twenty-five to buy one euro. They uh, uh, this dollar is is going to really hurt all the large global companies, Microsoft, Apple, all these guys. They can hedge it, you know, in in certain ways, but uh, but it hurts on the sales. Because the sale becomes more expensive. If I if I used to buy you know an Apple computer with a dollar twenty five euro and a dollar uh, uh, US dollar, that was a good deal. Solid, solid deal. Yeah, yeah, solid deal. No doubt. I can't wait. Got it. You got it. That's right. Next week, I can't wait either. Guess what else is next week? BHS Live is going to be with you every day. We're going to be with you at 4.15 on Monday as well to talk about the action on Wall Street and also the corporate earnings that are coming out. So it's going to be a huge week next week. We can't wait to be back and see you again. Special thanks to Big Wig Media. Producer Andy really putting all this together for us. We couldn't thank him enough. Uh, He's the glue that holds all this operation together. So this is great. From Toby Smith and myself, Todd Schoenberger, we want to wish all of you a fantastic weekend. And we'll see you here next time on Monday. Take care. Cocktail hour starts now. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.